I have a dream that all men are created equal. Welcome back to your story. I'm your host, Ian Kath. This is episode 31. Oh, God, it's good to be back behind this microphone. I've missed it so much. It's uh, Now that I'm sitting in front of it, I actually realise exactly how much I do miss it. Yeah, it's been a long time, I know. Yeah, it's been busy earning an income or learning to work out how to earn a bit of an income from some of this stuff that I've been learning over here in the... Uh, world of internet 2.0 and podcasting and stuff i've got a few ideas i might even surprise you in a little while as to what i'm up to won't affect you guys this is always going to be free this is my passion i want to keep getting this out but i need to come up with a few other strategies to support this i want to do a bit of traveling and i often wonder where you might be i know there's quite a few people here in australia who listen to me but where are the rest of you yeah send me an email please i'd love to know where you are uh, are any of you over in uh, Argentina, Buenos Aires. Any of you over there? Because I'll be over there in June if all goes well, unless uh, something tragic happens. I'm looking forward to getting over there. So if any of you are in South America, in Buenos Aires in particular, I won't be really going much else other than BA, uh, send me an email. I'd uh, love to know about you and maybe catch up with you. Meet a few more people around the world. It'd be great. And if you're overseas, anywhere... Send me an email. I'd love to know where in the world you are. How many of you in the US, Canada, or, you know, South Africa? I know there are people all over the place who listen to this. Talking about that, I've got a bit of a friend over in Prague. Hey, Adam. G'day, mate. How are you, Tiger? I, uh, I just want to put a bit of a shout out to Adam. He did a wonderful thing. He actually sent me a donation. Unrequested. You haven't heard me actually ask for money. I haven't done that. And he just sent me a, a few dollars, a good few dollars, as a matter of fact. And uh, I'd like to thank him for that. I uh, I put it, you know, a good long way towards buying a couple of lapel microphones and power supplies, which I'm looking forward to using in the next week, actually. And uh, it was wonderful of him to do that. I really appreciate it, Adam. Thanks, mate. And Tony's been hassling me about getting a PayPal subscription on the site. So, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant to do it. That I'll... Um, Anyway, I'll, I'll put a little button there at some stage. It may take a little while for me to get around to it. I'm being procrastinating a bit about that. But if I put it up there and if you want to use it, that's up to you guys. I, uh, you know, the money is nice, I must admit it, but I'm not necessarily trying to shake you guys down for it. But, you know, if you feel so inclined, uh, who's me to stop you? I do appreciate it if you do. And thanks. Thanks, Adam. I so do appreciate that money. Uh, the site, of course, yourstorypodcast.com. You know where it is. Uh, you can leave a comment at the end of a post you can send me an email chat 
at yourstorypodcast.com. It's always good to hear from you. And, you know, there's the links for iTunes and the feeds and all that sort of stuff. I've said it a few times. If you feel like going over to iTunes and leaving a comment, it's really good. It does me a huge amount of good because uh, it means other people read it. Other people, it gives a bit more value to me on iTunes. I rise up the ranks and more people find me. And a bit of Google juice as well. So, you know, that just makes it easier for people to find it. That's why commenting's good. Helps the Google juice stuff. So please, 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 that would be really wonderful. You can stumble it, you can dig it, all that usual sort of stuff. Anyway, I'm not going on too much more. That's about it. Let's get into the show. I'm really excited about getting this one up. I've got a few more in the wind. I'm hoping, you know, hopefully you know, I had a few issues with one. I'm going to have to re-record it tomorrow if all goes well. So uh, hopefully there's a few more coming, but I'm not going to make any promises because things sometimes fall over. So today's episode... You might have noticed already there's a bit of music going on down there. Um, the music is not coming from Iota Promenet today. It's coming from uh, it's a song called Black Star by a local fellow, Peter B., uh, from, his, from the Homeless Souls debut album, Far From Home. It was recorded in London here in Brisbane. Uh, it's available at uh, the coffee shop that we're going to be talking about tonight, today. Uh, they've got a Facebook group it's called Secondhand Records they've got some free tracks over there so if you like the music go and download it it helps them and uh, they're pretty keen to get it out so I've used their music under this because it's relevant to today's show and what is today's show about? well, who likes coffee? Yeah? yeah, that's a lot of you yeah, we all. I mean, a lot of us like coffee, don't we? And there are coffee shops everywhere. I remember when the coffee shop thing started about 20 years ago, and uh, you know there wasn't much around prior to that, and it's just booming. And uh, a new coffee shop opened up in my local area, and it was all a little bit different, and had a, roti- uh, a roastery as well. And I thought, hmm, there's a story here. So I swung in there and I uh, made mention of what I do, and that's what today's show's about. Black Star Coffee is what it's called, and it's a little bit different to the normal coffee shop in that they have their own roasting on premises. Um, but they have a very strong. Yeah, they're using they're using Black Star Coffee as a way of a mechanism to help get them, you know, other things out, more socially orientated things out, and they have a um, very strong community development aspect to it they're uh, big on the holistic way of coffee all the way from the grower through to the consumer and the knock-on effects in the local community that having a small business can actually have it's all under the uh, guidance of marty marty martin richards who's running the show and uh, he's the one that we sat down with and had a bit of a chat i was a little bit surprised that a coffee shop could have all these other influences within the local community and uh, i think uh, this is an interesting one Here's Marty's story. Third of February, two thousand and nine. Um, sitting in the front yard here, Martin. G'day, Martin. Black G'day. Star Coffee. I um, I was thinking on the way over here that in this area of West End there are about two dozen coffee shops, and I was thinking easily quarter to half of those do very good coffee. 
and then you decide to open another bloody coffee shop. <laughs> what's going on, mate? What's your strategy? Well, have, you, have you tasted the coffee? I've yet? tasted your coffee. It's one of the it's one of the twenty five percent that are good coffees. It's good coffee. Okay. Good, but you've taken on a huge risk, and I, I'm sure everybody around the world is familiar with this. Where you see more coffee shops turning up. Yeah, you've got a different spin on your place, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Give us give us a story. Give us the Martin and Black Star story. Well, it probably began two years ago. Yeah, maybe two and a half. Time goes quickly. Yeah, <laughs> when you're in this kind of work, um, it started two and a half years ago. I met my, my mate Matt for the first time in Wellington, in New Zealand, and um, he'd started his own fair trade um, roasting business, um, the first of its kind in New Zealand. So. Having tasted his coffee, seen what he was doing, it just planted a seed in my mind because I, I have, um, I guess, a background in community economic development and social enterprise. Right. And looking, I guess, always with a fairly open mind to ideas that could be uh, expressed locally um, for the benefit of, of uh, those who are travelling with us in social enterprise work. Yep. So I thought, yeah, this is this is a, a new idea for West End and for Brisbane even. There's not a lot of boutique uh, small-scale roasteries, roasting single-origin coffee, sourcing the best single-origin beans, using uh, the best roasting equipment there is um, in Wellington. It's a market dominated by these micro-scale roasteries. Uh, the larger, uh, often European-based companies, have been, over the last 20 years, um, pushed out of the market, basically because the inner-city customers... That, that have been in and around these roasteries have tasted quite a big difference right. in, so quality, in quality. So the local people, once they get the education, want fresh. Yeah, and it's it's not a new thing worldwide. It It, it is in the last 20 years taken off in certain cities. So it, it's come... The, the movement that we're talking about is um, probably started in Seattle in the 80s. Yep. And actually, funnily enough, three roastery owners in Wellington went almost at the same time to Seattle and saw what was going on, tasted the difference, and brought it back to Wellington okay. and decided to, uh, yeah, to, to roast their own. To so Wellington, New Zealand's pretty early in the piece of all this sort of yeah. development. And okay. it is considered w- worldwide to be one of the uh, leading coffee cities in is terms it? of speciality coffee. Okay. Yeah. I've heard good reports about coffee in Wellington. I've heard it's yeah, totally. pretty damn good. Well, you've got uh, Café Lafare, um, the original, that they started off... Uh, and not not long not long after Havana coffee, and these are all, and, and coffee supreme as well. They're all roasteries that have far more than just, uh, um, I guess you know, master. We're master roasters and 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 big brand names and umbrellas and marketing spins. Yeah. And then stale coffee. They've they've actually got a lot of culture, not just in terms of the flavour, but even the culture of the you know, workplace. And you go into the roastery and. You know, there's young people in there. Mm. There's it's engaging the X Gen, the Y Gen crew. Um, how many how many places like what you've just described, like what you've got up <coughs> here in Brisbane? There's Campos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a slightly different culture, mm-hmm. but definitely speciality coffee. So I'd rate them pretty right. highly what they're doing. Right. Not too many. Not too many. Not yeah. too many. Whereas in Wellington, how many would there be in Wellington? Dozens. Wow. Yeah. Really? At least in the inner city, at least a dozen. Wow, so it's yeah. sort of expected that if you're going to have a decent coffee, you would actually go to a place that roasts the coffee on the spot for you. Yeah, yeah. And in the world of... And, and if you talk to any barista or any uh, anyone who's passionate about roasting, 
specialty coffee, there's certain brand names of machine and I'm talking okay. about roasters here. Yeah. There's certain roasters that are regarded throughout the world as being uh, of, of the top quality. And you come to Brisbane and I got, in my research anyway, I noticed there wasn't a lot of these machines. There wasn't a lot of this knowledge Yeah. for some reason. I don't. I mean, it's not to discredit anyone in Brisbane, but I felt as though there was quite a gap. And you, you're seeing it more now in Melbourne in the last five years. Um, and funnily enough, a lot of them are, are Kiwi-inspired, a lot of Kiwi baristas. Yeah. Even Coffee Supreme now is in Melbourne, which is a big Wellington yeah, brand. I've always thought coffee is a bit of a more of a cool climate drink. Mm. And that's why places like Seattle and uh, Melbourne and probably Wellington work better than, say, Brisbane does because of, you know, yeah, yeah. we're subtropical here. Totally. Like, in the middle of summer and it's, it can be it a bit of a struggle to drink coffee, you know, especially well, it's past a struggle to, It's a challenge to make coffee taste good. Is it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, because the, uh, the heat and the humidity affect the shot, okay. the extraction so much. Okay. At the start of the day, the end of the day. Really? We find our shots are, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot... Um, it's a lot less of a challenge to pull a really good shot in the, in the middle of the day. I'm like, like that's that's probably most when I'm saying no, nope, I'm not going to sell this cup. Yeah. Really? Yeah, throw it away and <laughs> give yeah. it another shot just because I want to get it right. Give us a spin on what what you're all about, Black Star and stuff like that. Yeah, you said single origin. Yep. So I guess Orga- organic. The best way to describe it is that like Black Star, the five the five points of our star. Yep. Which is um the top point is speciality coffee, which we've talked a bit about. And that is uh, a dedication to uh, using best beans we can, roasting them as well as we can. We'll we'll get a green bean in and we'll test it and and sample it before we select it. So we've selected what we think out of the 20 or 30 fair trade origins, uh, what we think are some of the best origins. And they are uh, one of of them is Colombian. We've got a PNG, a couple of Ethiopian coffees, which are you know really well regarded and and. in speciality coffee sought after yeah so right. ethiopian coffees are great we've also got um Indo- indonesian which is a feature in our blends um that's uh Aceh, um from the province oh, yes. of Aceh. Yeah. Aceh. they got wiped down the <coughs> tsunami yeah 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 so um about five or six different origins so and do you, and, and, and do you buy, do you blend or do you tend to keep all of your um coffees single origin we've got a all the sing- way through the process we've got a well yeah we um by and large we yeah, we, we roast before we blend. There's a whole lot I can say about barista um, training, barista skills, and to do with um, presentation and the way that you connect with customers. I think we've been able to find some really good baristas. Like Ezra um, is a mate of mine who has pretty much um, uh, journeyed with us um, from the outset in in setting up Black Star. He's had a few few years experience previously, and um, he left the industry because he was disturbed after reading reading the book uh, Black Gold. Which is a documentary on the, um, on the history of the coffee industry and the exploitation of of many workers over centuries, and so he left the industry. And then when I talked to him about fair trade and about speciality coffee, he was quite passionate and about doing something together. Right. So we went to New Zealand and trained together. So I trained in roasting, and he trained in baristering. So he's the, our head barista. He's kind of been um, assisting me, and because I roasted, I know what I want and I know what shot I want. And, you know what I mean? You know so I'll, I'll do a good for. coffee, but whether I can make them as fast and as accurately as Ezra under pressure, that's the that's the, the uh, challenge. <laughs> so when you first started, you I saw you <clears> down <throat> at um, the local farmer's markets, green mm. flea markets here, mm. and you were operating out of, well, one of the sheds on the side of the sporting oval down the there. shed, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and now you've moved up here to hmm. West End. Um, how's that transition been in the um, starting off as a market supplier? And because you had a small it cafe there a, a couple it, times, didn't you? But it came about more or less by chance. The whole market thing. We, yeah, it wasn't part of a strategy. But it, looking back at it and discussions with some of my business mentors, people that have supported me, that you know, they've said, "Look, great move, great strategy. Get in there, connect with the people. You know what I mean? Tell your story, engage people around coffee, and then." set up your retail and you you know people already know you you know you're mm. already yeah and we hadn't thought of it like that at all mm, well, there was no exactly there was no planning approach to there's no planning involved it was um it was a natural first step for us partly because of who who we are in the market you know we we didn't come to um to co- to coffee roasting with a lot of capital behind us we didn't come with um cash lying around from for investment into marketing and and um big campaigns so and also we we don't we don't want our coffee to be kind of anywhere we don't want to just flog it mm. and join into that in, into that kind of mentality of like so, um flogging machines and umbrellas at the lowest possible cost and competing like that mm. um, we want to we, we really want to build our wholesale side of the business but 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 our prices are are on the expensive end because we're using premium coffee all certified organic fair trade and fair trade prices have gone up 20%. Right. So that's the second point, the fair, the fair trade principles, which is a bit of a niche, I guess. Mm. And our, our thinking was, well, you know, if, if fair trade coffee can taste as good, why not use it? I mean, and I think it can. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it means that they, at the bottom end, at the growers' end, have got a mm. lifestyle, that's a wonderful thing for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was a real smart move because I've seen three other businesses go through your premises mm. in the last five years there. You know, yeah. Because, and and I think you're the one who surprised me when you moved in there because I thought, hey, this is a destination coffee shop. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah. well, you're already known because of the markets. Well, so. we, we didn't we didn't really, um, when we are looking for a place to move to, we didn't really mind so much where it was in the, in the area. Yeah, you don't have to be it, on the high street. No. Nah. It's yeah. more the price. Like we at this stage, as a startup, we want to get the right, yeah. get into a commercial site at the right price and a site that's gonna, you know, be zoned for roasting for to allow roasting. Yes, which this is. So our main thing is um, being known for roasting, and people coming to us and um, and then being able to invite um, folk in, like people that are drinking a lot of coffee, whether it's at home or at work or cafe owners. For them to be able to taste the come and the taste flavor, it, yeah. and before they sign up to yeah, they can see what they're doing with a ton of week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but the markets was awesome. Like my wife Yvonne, who's my business partner, um, it was her idea to go to the markets. And originally, I was like, oh, you know, what are we going to do at the market? You know, like let's sell to cafes, and you know, like oh, I had this, I came in with this kind of big shot, kind of like, as you do, thinking you're just going to fly from day one. But Yvonne was in Yvonne's um, insight, um, which is actually the way it's gone. A lot of the best things that have happened have been Yvonne's um, perspective and influence, because she's very much about connecting with people and community. And you know, I get caught in ideas. Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. Sure, hey, it's a good mix, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the um, bottled cold drinks. Well, again, um, that's inspired a lot by Yvonne. We had an idea as soon as we set up that summer was going to be a tough um, period for us in terms of, you know, the sales needed to kind of keep things moving forward. So, um, yeah, we, we had an idea that uh, of using, um, we, we call it cold-pressed cold coffee. Um, and um, it's basically about brewing. We, we fresh roast, grind, and then brew over a 24-hour period. 
um, come up with a concentrate, add some um, sweeteners, which are natural sweeteners. Um, maple's one of them. Right. And um, milk for milk drink is soy or straight black. And uh, we find that's, um, especially in the brown bottle <laughs> with the label, it's, a, it's an, an, another um, edge. And people talk about it, you know. Come And they come in to sus- suss out this CPC and then they might come and, and grab it regularly. Mm. And, and then in the winter might come and grab some, some hot drinks or some beans. Or, you know, it's just another way of... Um, I think it's very yeah. smart, especially at 11 o'clock in the morning on a... Sp- 30, yeah, 35 degree day you actually don't feel like a milky cof- hot coffee you know but yeah. something cold isn't brilliant. we're going through a lot of them too because no one else is doing it we're yeah. going through quite a few yeah yeah. it's a very smart move it's very yeah. Smart. yeah so that's a, that kind of fits in with our speciality angle as well like mm. even our iced coffee like you, you line it up against other commercial iced coffees you know, like you can't really drink it once you've drunk Black Star, the Black Star version and you have like an ice break or something you know like it's just not the same. Another element that's pretty key is social enterprise or so- social inclusion, which is about basically creating social impacts in our local neighbourhood, particularly to do with employment and to do with uh, inclusion of folks that haven't had as easy as, as we have. Um, is that one reason why you chose West End? Because it is a bit of more of a community sort of suburb rather than some I guess, of the other suburbs? Well, from... The Black South perspective, no, because I was already in West End. But from a personal point perspective, I moved into this area because for that reason, because I I connected with a lot of the community mindedness mm. in, in West End. No, I'm so reason I'm here. There's a lot of social justice groups and community groups that um, have been plugging away for years, doing some really good work, and I was keen to be part of that okay. action. So, yeah, we are in. My wife and I are in West End, and connected in networks around community development. So it's natural for us to be in our neighbourhood. Yeah, just realising as a white bloke, like um, I've had a pretty fortunate back, uh, a pretty fortunate upbringing. So that's our social inclusion aspect. We want to have a, a percentage of our, um, we want to work towards fifty percent. Um, we're not being too hard on ourselves because it is a challenge. Sure. Early on, even in surviving, let alone providing outcomes yeah. on that level. But already we've started off assisting a few a few folk from uh, one from long term unemployed unemployment background another one uh another lady is working with us from uh afghan community right. who's never had a paid job in her life uh, working hard all her life with the fa- bringing up her family in a tough situation and you know, being in exile yeah. from uh, afghan background into pakistan her husband um who incidentally has been working with me um here in west end as well for five years on a, a different enterprise we started another social enterprise here um, doing property services, property maintenance services. He's still running that. So he's been managing that while I've done Blackstar and his partner's been working with us and just trying to... It's also about building relationships mm. and mm. mutual. Like, we don't see it as us helping them. It's more of a we're in this together and we're investing together. Mm. Um, yeah, it'll, it may take a while, but we're, we're on the road. Mm, it's a very generous thing for you to do. A lot of people just say, you know, you just make as much money as you can so you can increase your property portfolio. So yeah, yeah, we have a we have a uh, we have like a bit of an informal volunteer program to to assist um, <clears throat> some folk who don't have a lot of English, for example. Right. We'll have um, a young person, often a young adult, who wants to help out and connect with someone from a refugee background. Maybe come and spend those few hours or half a day um, going through just making sure that. You know, the individual is uh, is is up with up to speed. Right. So the first three months with Malika, 
that's what we did and now she's doing it herself and she's using more English now she's more confident mm. you know what I mean it's mm. wonderful just to see mm. that the change happening in her yeah I imagine she'd be flowery yeah yeah so that's social inclusion is one big one big part of what we want to what we want to do fourth point of our star is community economic development it's similar but it, this is looking at the broad, the broader picture like looking at our local economy and um, even bigger than that looking at our global economy but kind of putting putting first things first so we're looking at moving towards starting an association a cooperative association in, in the next year or two or three or four or five depending on how yeah, long it sure. takes and how the business goes of similarly like-minded companies that yeah. trade and do yeah, business yeah, in yeah. a similar sort of way and you could feed off each other couldn't you yeah well what with i mean at the moment we have black star coffee the roastery and then we have another business partnership in the valley which is our other, it's our other black star site so we've got two enterprises there and then i mentioned earlier the, the property maintenance business which is the third enterprise and we're looking to get to five, <laughs> right? And not necessarily of our own, of our own um, de- uh, development. We'd love to connect with anyone mm. who's like-minded, mm. Mm. and then to form an association which would which would function like a um, um, a cooperative, in that each enterprise would be a member of the co-op, and would commit to um, rules of association, which would include social inclusions. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be explored around. There's a lot of yeah, there's a yeah. lot of conundrums, and um, that's what that's what motivates mm. me mm. more than anything. I mean. Sure, it'd be great if we could make a bit of money, pay off our mortgage. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't even mind going overseas at some point, seeing yeah. some of these other roasteries and what they're doing. You know, like I'm, I'm keen to make some money. That's for sure for myself and my family. But uh, more, more, more than that, I don't, I don't just want to get, get rich. I want to, I want, I want to assist people to find um, some sustainability in their life and an opportunity. Like Ali and his wife would love it if they could own a home. The fifth point: um, organic sustainability around um, environment. Okay. As a, as a um, community worker, it's it, it's always been um, alongside my um, in, in terms of my values. How can we um, how can we make a difference on that level? You know, so how can we recycle more? How can we reduce our our uh, footprint? Mm. And we're on a journey there. You know, we're not um, by any means um, kind of leading the leading the way, <laughs> but we're we're um, we've put it we've put it in our values as one of the points of our star, and we want to head towards there. I think you've got a tremendous little business here. I, I, I'm more power to you. I think, um, you know, just watching you start in the markets and then move down there and mm. open that up, and I'm nice, you seem to be busy. Yeah, we've done all right, you know, considering we've we've opened at the wrong end of the season. I was just thinking that, <laughs> you, know? You, you know, you've opened coming up into summer, yeah. and um, and I'm surprised how well you seem to be doing, and mm. uh, and the fact that you don't necessarily need passing trade to do well. Like any, like any good cafe, you know, like... It's a social space. It's a place where people can connect and feel part of something. Yeah. And, um, well, we also have a football team that we've, we're supported and started with oh, okay. young refugee kids. I mean, it's all part of the Yeah, yeah it's all part the of the fabric, ethos. you know. I can, I can feel yeah. it. Yeah. Black Star FC. Black Star We've lost the last two grand finals, so we're a bit... We've done well, but we're a bit wounded. <laughs> but um, a lot of young kids from um, Ethiopia. Okay. Afghanistan and some Iraqi kids and just a whole range of guys that have come together. Who wouldn't normally get a get a Guernsey playing down at South? So we were we had the footy shed down there <laughs> where we were roasting yeah. um, on the on the on the side of the footy shed. Then we had the the training here on the on the oval, and it was just all connected. And local musos are, uh, are, are connecting with the space on Friday and Saturday night now till eleven or twelve. We've got mu- local music happening and. That's been, you know, welcome addition. It's, it's slow, but it's, it's, it's getting there. It sounds like this could end up becoming a little bit of a hub. 
It is of sorts, yeah, yeah, definitely. We'd love it to be, you know, that's that's the whole idea. And if we can make a lot of money in the process, then we can see some, um, see the development of this um, broader vision. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. funding some local community development, which is, I guess, where I originally... It's, it's extraordinary. When I first came across you, I had no idea there was this huge subtext. Having all these ideas and values and interest in community building and all that, that's, that's my passion. That's, and, and it's a passion of so, several of those involved. But we realise that's just because we're into that doesn't mean that you know, our customers are all necessarily... I don't expect people to drink our coffee if they've had negative experiences, you know, not, yeah. not that they would, but, you know, like fair trade has been like that in the past. It's like, oh, I don't like it, but I'll drink it because it's ethical, you know. That's like, right, that's right. Most people, they want to they spend $3.50, they want to get the best coffee they can. So we're pitching for the best coffee in Brisbane. We're, we're, we're dedicated to that process and, you know, like I'll throw out coffee if I have to. So you've got some music there. What's the story of this? Yeah, so my, my friend Peter B, he's a local artist. Um, singer-songwriter and then another mate of mine um, Luca he, he, he's also known as Lesson MC he does hip-hop with ref- young refugees and kids from indigenous uh, backgrounds okay um, they got together Peter wrote the song and Luca came up with some good words they um, connect like heaps and support us heaps at Black Star and um, not just drinking coffee but um, Peter's helped to get the Friday and Saturday nights going as well with other artists coming in and they've played a real key role, like Luca plays in Black Star FC as well. So local artists and just especially when we had a we had a tough phase halfway through last year, we basically we started doing retail down at Davies Park and um, we had the we thought we had the blessing of council and asked us to close up. So we after spending a lot of money and effort and basically tough times ensued for ensued for a few months. Um, Peter wrote this song pretty much that week that we lost the retail at the roastery. The people were loving it. They'd, they'd supported us for you know, a year, nine months getting it going. And then we started and it was just like perfect. Coffees under the trees, you know, just a really nice atmosphere. So it was a lot of pain, collective pain when okay. that happened. Okay. <laughs> and he wrote this song called um, uh, Rise Again, Black Star. Okay, and that's what's underneath us now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, uh, it. Martin, thanks very much, mate. No really appreciate your time. And how can people get hold of you? Is it, have you got a web presence? Yep. Go to the website, blackstarcoffee.com.au. And Give us a buzz. Email um, links are on there. If, yep. you're, if you're in Brisbane, come down to 44 Thomas Street behind Kim Town Bakery. West End. In West End. And, and a big thanks to everyone who's uh, supported us, been there for us, and helped us get this, uh, this thing up and running. Great. Mm. Thanks, Martin. Let's listen to some music. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye. The, breeze, the place to be, like me in Melbourne City, or maybe Philly. Marty, please take me to Italy with a shot of that sweet revolution in the cup. When I lose it, I get stuck, and when I use it, I get love. So when I brew it, I give up. Take me, plant me firmly into the ground. Community minded, yeah, we're getting into it now. The only cafe that takes care of the injured and down. So supported by this limitless sound. Don't be afraid, you've come this far The purest gold must purify We rise and keep black stars Against the stronghold of oppression We'll overcome our fears with love We're gonna taste the revolution
flight deck of the social enterprise. Black Star Trek flying at the speed of light. Espresso. Me smoking the little guy, telling me he can't do it. The funnick's been cut, there's a black hole, we'll pull through it. Every morning I get a cup to beam me up to other planets where other monsters are stuck in grave danger. Locked between a desk and a door, trapped on their computers, fighting for a Klingon war. I step into the tenth floor with my taser and pack. They start shooting, I'm disintegrating the back. I grab it to my pack, pull out the black star, wrapped up beans and act under heavy alien attack. I die from the Lamazoka, start making a max in short blacks, caps and lattes. Planet by planet, they will join the Milky Way. Till they all say, prosper. Black star, they say you got to Shine. Don't be afraid, you've come this far. The purest gold must be refined. Rise and keep black sun against the stronghold of oppression.